Hello everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the World of Brick Films podcast. I'm your host, William of IW Studios. Joining me today is my co-host and good friend, uh, Sean Willis of City Penta. Hello again. Joining with us today is uh, Stefan uh, Schroger of um, Go Lego. How are you doing? Hello, I say Kukuk from Germany. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So um, when did you start brick filming? Um, I started brick filming in 2003 when I've seen my first little brick films on the web and I was not looking for brick films. It just appeared. I don't know where it was. Um, I think in some kind of a news magazine on the web or and I was really fascinated because I always wanted to make animated little uh, stop motion movies since I was young. And uh, there was not the technique when I was young. Um, so this was the point when I got catched to brick filming because it was so small on a set to do it. And my thoughts years ago uh, doing something always needed a big, huge stage and different people to help. And so I never made something. And with these first brick films, I came to brickfilms.com and find, found more and were watching, uh, was watching more. And then I called my mom and asked for the Lego. And she said, it's still in the basement. So I told her, I'm coming within the next hour and get it. And then I was fetching my little two uh, childhood Lego boxes and started uh, brick filming because a few days before I found the brick films or it was a few days after that, I don't know exactly. A good friend of mine told me that there's a good stop motion um, program for um, Apple Macintosh. And I was using Macintosh computers at this time still. And I downloaded this and it was a little really easy program what I've never seen before, where the webcam was directly uh, with a picture on the um, screen and with the onion skinning effects. And it was really a pleasure. And in the same time, I tried it. I bought it for like, I don't know, 15, 20 euros. And it was so great to have the combination of a software and then my Lego at home. and. Uh, experimenting with uh, Lego and stop motion animation. So this is how I came into brick filming or started doing brick films in 2003. And so does that mean that you weren't collecting Lego at all before brick filming? Because it's well known now that you have a, a very large Lego collection. I was like, like every child I had Lego and I loved my Lego and I remember my classic space Lego sets from the end of the 80s. They were so great and I loved playing with them. But I stopped when I was like 11, 12, 13 years playing with Lego. And in this time, there was not really the technique we have nowadays with computers everywhere and PCs at home. And my daddy had a video camera like... Um, the old uh, VHS system. And I experimented with that, with real filming, with um, myself doing interviews, sitting on the one side of the couch and then on the other side of the couch and playing, like doing an interview with myself in different clothes. But not, I never had uh, the technique to, to do stop motion. So 
there was no thought or sense uh, for me when I was 13, 14 years to collect Lego because that was my childhood game. And uh, I was interested in, in a lot of different things when I was in that age uh, as a teenager and um, started doing DJing and was interested in how music is programmed on, on, on computers at this time, sure, but very simple. And uh, so, yes, I was not collecting Lego, but when I started collecting, uh, not collecting, when I started brick filming in 2003, uh, I think one of the first things I did was uh, weeks after I had this program and my little two boxes my daddy made for me uh, from my own old Lego, I went to a supermarket and bought like 10 or 15 of these basic, of these blue Lego basic boxes just to sort them out and have a lot more basic bricks. So that was the first step buying something new. And uh, yeah, that was at the age of like 28 or 29, something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's just quite interesting, like, uh, what you said at first, like, how, um, you know, brick filming is one of those kind of, it's, it's quite unique in that, um, you know, you can make something look, you know, very professional, um, with really not much of a budget, um, whereas, like, if you try and do that with, like, a live action film, it's, it's very hard to, to, like, make something look professional without, you know, spending, uh, lots of money, so I think, um, I think book filming is definitely unique in that sense. I mean, even even other forms of stop motion um, can cost a lot more um, than you know, doing like like book films. And um, so, yeah, so you had quite a lot of interest in in like making films um, before you discovered book filming. Yes, I had, I had, but it was since I was young. I was watching a lot of uh, Disney movies, and in Germany we had especially a lot of play animation coming from now Eastern uh, Europe, but that time it was the um, uh, Czechoslovakia, Czech, Czech Republic. Um, they made a lot of uh, clay animated movies and they were aired all in the 70s, 80s uh, here in Germany. And I, I knew all the time how this is made, um, but I never had the technique to do something. And I, I really loved the Muppets and the Muppet show when I was young and I also thought when I was 25 or 26, what about doing some kind of puppet movies? But there's the same problem. You need a big, 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 huge loft and a big, big, big stage and a lot of people helping you and cameraman and whatever. So all these things that I wanted or would had liked to do never uh, happened because it was money it was space and it was time and i have my real job um so there was never the chance to do something like i wanted um and then the little lego world came and it was really neat and especially you all know or everyone who's uh, who tried out stop motion with lego knows that it's so easy because the stats help you a lot to uh, find your place when something gets wrong or the, the things are fixed and you can build everything you you don't have to buy uh, to build something out of wood and that's just for this one movie and the next time it's waste and you have to build something else 
from wood and whatever, and you can change your set to everything. So this is really a clever idea for going into film um, and, and trying out film and, and get get it really fast and to make props and all the backdrops with houses and all that stuff. And especially for, for young people, it's so easy to get into it yeah. uh, because, because they understand it. And we made a few um, workshops um, also in Cologne at the big, big um, Lego fan belt. It's it's a really really big convention and one of the huge space is from uh, adult fans showing their stuff and the other side of the big hall is uh, from Lego and um, they also wanted um, two years ago a brick filming booth um, for kids and we fixed something and made something and get a workaround for like um, one day with 150 people on five uh, animation stages. And I always thought doing the concept, I need like five or 10 minutes explaining these little uh, filmmakers what they have to do. And mostly in like 30 seconds, they were done. If you just tell them, you click here, you make a picture, then you move a little bit, then you make a picture, then you move check, and then they start. Uh, the only problem at the end for most of them was the timing because they moved too much and then they asked, how can we make it uh, slower? And uh, then we told them, if you do it slower, it will uh, do not look better. So you have to animate, animate in uh, smaller steps. And um, even this then mostly was understandable for them. But it's so easy for kids to... to just have fun and play their stories and even save their stories if they um, just recorded uh, this little thing and and ha have a little brick film and yeah. go yeah. into and go maybe deeper into everything and uh, go into audio go into cutting editing and all that stuff so I think it's yeah it's 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 a great thing absolutely uh, and I think as well it's like one of those kind of things where um in your childhood, uh, most most people um, would have had Lego, um, so you've already got that there with, with you. So you know you want to start uh, brick filming, you've already got the resources, and even if it's only you know a small amount of Lego, um, it, it's you know relatively affordable to go ahead and just buy the the, the amount you need um, to to make your film. And I think um, it's uh, it's very easy to get into it. Um, you know, I mean, it may not be. You know, it's, it's as difficult as pretty much any other form of film to actually learn how to improve and, you know, hone your skills. But it's it's one of the easiest forms to actually get started and, you know, and to, you know, gradually grow, I think. Especially for stop motion. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need a specialized puppet. But it, it is, it's fun to watch those uh, compilations of animations made at workshops, at conventions, and you get to see that, you know people's first ever experiments and just like the creativity with no outside influence from films they've seen on YouTube or anything. Yeah, absolutely. And the most uh, clips made were uh, car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, there's always a lot of uh, random violence. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like so crazy if you see how proud the, the, the kids are, if they see their 
little movie later and the things are moving like magic. So yeah, it's it's the oldest filming technique, stop motion animation. And as, uh, although we are so modern with, with like everything is connected on the web and I make one click and I'm on the other side of the world with, with my video, um, it's it's still good that this handcrafted thing is 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 so important because you really create something and not just sitting in front of a computer and clicking around and uh, something happens what is also cool but i i really like the part of creating something with my hands and also um if you move the objects you you get the soul through your hands into the object and especially Using the hands is so important and for me um, sometimes because mostly in my job I have to use my hands and my right mouse finger to click and uh, not my hands, my head and my right mouse finger. And so, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's really some kind of opposite, opposite just to, to, to create something with the hands and filming and stop motion animation is a really perfect thing. No, no matter if you just build puppets or wooden stuff or with Lego. So it's it's the hand thing and, and yeah, doing something with your hands. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, building Lego is a big part of that as well. Yeah, it combines different stuff we boys like, isn't it? <laughs> it's like modeling, building models. It's like playing around. It's like doing stuff with computers. Um, so... It, it's perfect for for us it's i don't know there's so many uh, so less girls doing brick films there are a few but it's mostly it's a boys thing i think yeah that, that's i mean obviously there there are some but yeah it's heavily skewed one way all right yeah yeah i don't know why this is um i made films a few years with my girlfriend uh with my girlfriend this time and um, she really liked to um, build and to put flowers everywhere and to make it look great and good and thinking about the story but she was not so interested in the technical stuff what is no problem but it was I see in a lot of movies when I work together with people that you get more influence from other people or more ideas or that you be faster and um, yeah, I did both. I did a lot of movies on my own. What is what could fun could be fun, and especially if you have some pressure on your necks, like um, a film festival. Um, and I also did movies with people uh, in collaboration, either on the web, what is not so perfect, but it works or can work. And uh, with people being in the same room and doing something. And um, it was always a little bit more fun doing movies with people together instead of sitting on your own um, the whole night. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done it so often, but uh, it is a great experience and it's always very memorable. And also, I feel like working with another person, you have to push yourself because you want to impress them. You know, if you're going to combine your work, you, you want to to think that your work will will hold up alongside theirs. So you can end up being better than your usual films. 
Yeah, but the problem is if your other if the other guy then is not that good, then it is a break in the movie all <laughs> always switching from one scene to another. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that that you you have to kind of learn if if you're like used to everything being your your decisions and you know you choose what to do if you're suddenly having to work with other people you've got to learn how to uh you know accept that there are ideas that they're going to come up with that you may not necessarily have come up with yourself so you know you have to make it so it's not just your vision yeah um, sure so but, yeah. but it, it helps you a lot because um if you create a story and you're not on your own then you talk about something and suddenly there's a completely new idea what fits in inside and i think it's great to if you if you have to be on the same um brain length is that the right word in english uh, wavelength wavelength yeah and, and 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 then then it's perfect well i think yeah i think it's kind of like um what i find especially with the sort of smaller um the shorter contest, like um, with the the sack and the and brawl, which which is uh, actually currently going on, um, I like to have um, I like to be able to talk to someone about it. Um, like quite often, um, I talk to my parents, and they'll say like, uh, "What if this could happen? What could that can happen?" And I talk to friends, and and having that sort of you know someone to talk talk to about it um, really helps you kind of because I think. One of the things I did find about, I think it was the th one of the the first couple of snacks that I did. Um, I was trying to come up with a story just by myself, and it's it's really difficult, especially if you've got like a if you've got like a you know a short time sort of limit. And yeah, yeah. Actually, it's probably worth mentioning that while we're recording this, it's uh, the first day of the Brick Film Rapidly All Week Long Contest 2018. But I'm sure by the time this is released, it'll be over because. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, we're we're planning entries. So yeah, there'll be yeah. no time to edit this <laughs> podcast for yeah, a while. Yeah, so so that's why uh, everybody uh, listening to this, uh, this is why um, this podcast was about a week later, um, because simply because yeah, I was working on on well, but uh, but yeah, so um, actually, so one of the one of the questions I uh, wanted to ask actually, um, which brick filmers um, were your like your your the biggest influence to you? Um, going into the brick filming community for me yeah oh brick filmers hmm. <laughs> that's that's so many names and i'm not good in, in holding names and especially if they have real names and then online names and change them but it there were a lot of films in the in the first times i was on um, brickfilms.com what impressed me like blunt man movies Oh yeah, blunt animation. Yeah, the the blunt animation. Yeah, because they were. I don't know what what was different, but they were more like. They were funny, and they were uh, like like, for me in that stage of doing my own brick filming stuff, it was like perfect, like in the animation, and I was a really fan of him. Um, and liked his movies, but also there were a lot of other filmers in this time i think it was the first time the people were able to meet on the web and to talk about their stuff and everyone was influencing the other people on his little part he was better than the others and um so 
everyone was checking what was cool on that movie. Can I try that? Can I make that the same way um, or uh, this special idea? So I can't really tell you like a lot of movies and 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 uh, filmmakers. I was impressed. There was this Hand of Faith movie, um, what was really, really great. I, I really loved simple movies like the Ten Brick Contest movies. Ten Brick Contest was a little contest where people were only um, able to use like 10 bricks for a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like these kind of simplicity to break things really down on on its minimalism and there were great great films with these 10 bricks um greedy bricks from uh, a german guy what i met years later in germany at steinerei german brick film festival and never knew that he was german when i met this guy or a few others on brick films um re really crazy also when the bricks in motion documentary was made and um, I hosted uh, the guys here for a few days in Stuttgart and brought them to Berlin for filming. Um, there was Sek, uh, Macy, uh, Sek uh, Macias and um, uh, Mind, Mr. Mindgame, Mindgame Studios. And he was also hanging around when he was a kid on BrickFilms.com. And I met him here in Germany and really did not remember that I was writing with him like 10 or more years ago. So, um, but there was another, uh, the spit your face animation in that time, spite your face. Yeah. 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 So these <laughs> two guys really impressed me because these guys were film students at this time. They made the movies and they had quite more understanding of making films, but they put out their movies and everyone was like, wow, what is this? What have they done? And uh, yeah, so Spite Your Face impressed me, Blunt Man. Um, well, we talk about the very first time. And uh, later there was, I think there was a lot of movies what always impressed me. But within the last years, I was a little um, overkilled by brick films. Um, and so I, I'm not watching so many brick films at the moment anymore. There must be a really highlight that I really like. And I'm a little tired of moving minifigs around and seeing brick films just with minifigs and Star Wars and lightsabers and all that. So, yeah, I like special things like um, the the sheep film from uh, Epsilon Studio. What is like, I think it's like two or three years old now. It's only one year old. It's actually from last year. Yeah, yeah. last year. Yeah. And this this is a new highlight for me because there's something new there's just it's just bricks again and these bricks they tell <laughs> me a story and these bricks they make a face okay they now have this little one round plates with eyes on but um this is this is for me the wow effect if i see such things and think to myself why did not why was it not me to have this idea you know yeah. But I mean, like, I I pretty much love any anything that uh, Studio Epsilon does. I think he's one of the most creative storytellers um, around um, at the moment. I think because, like, uh, Sheep, um, you you see that and straight away you know it's uh it's something special. You know, like I remember I think I was I probably actually one of the first people to actually saw it. Um, 
because I, I saw it just as it was released on on YouTube. Yeah. And you know that was that was a really kind of a um, you could start straight away. This is a, this is a special film. I think it's one of the best ones from that I saw from last year. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And it actually it, it actually won um, best brick film. Best at film. The, yeah. At the, at the uh, BFG festival. Yeah. But I agree that uh, I'm always, but at this stage, I'm always impressed when people are making films that aren't using minifigures. And uh, that's something that I've been kind of trending towards as well. I mean, I, I don't make films all that often, but I, I've used the te- big technique figures, uh, which you don't really see anymore, except in my films, I guess, and some other brick build type of stuff. And I prefer to do that in just experimental short films rather than making big, long, epic films. Yeah, I have these Technic uh, figures too, and I tried them once to animate them, uh, but I never made a film with them. But I, I, I really like to do another movie with my 70s homemaker uh, Lego figures. Um, you know these figures? Yeah. yeah, I actually have some actually from my the, um, that were my dad's. So yeah, I've got yeah, some. and I, I was collecting a few of these sets. Um, it's, it's years ago. I, I'm not collecting any. Um, not not so much Lego anymore at the moment. Um, but w- when I was, uh, I think it was a few years when I started. Uh, after I started, then I bought a, f- a lot of these um, homemaker figures on eBay, and I think this is neat too. Um, yeah, I, I I just don't like to to make the. the the same world like everyone anymore you know yeah a lot of people are using the same houses because lego made the, the, all these they all look cool and good but at the end every movie is looking the same so there's less creativity at the end and if you think out of the box what you really can do with lego um then there's so many more possibilities just to to uh have walk cycles with minifix but i mean in the same thing for people starting it it's perfect but maybe uh, you find your own point where you think let's try something else let's experiment something more yeah i always dislike it when i see a brick film that has a street scene that's like every modular set that lego have released just strung together yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i've got to be honest i, I i've done that uh, a couple of times but um, I've been watching, uh, like in a lot of films recently, like um, the Letter and Cognizance, which uh, are quite famous for influencing people in the way they design buildings and stuff. And I really like the the style um, of of street scenes um, in like these earlier book films that are kind of um, more simplistic, but um, in the same time more creative because it is done by you know it is actually you're actually building these sets from from scratch you're not just going by the set and doing that so i like to build all these things i, I like to um because i you know i go to work in in the city i like to i look at all these buildings and i like to think i try and make something like that you know the different type of structures and and i always look like looking at like skyscrapers and stuff like that and just sort of think you know i could try and do this you know yeah. and I, I really like that kind of thing yeah, I've been doing that as well. Recently, I've been looking at buildings thinking, how would I 
create that in Lego. Yeah, that's all I think of. And I, whenever I look at a building, I think, how would I do that? <laughs> but yeah. But you know, actually going back to the homemaker figures for a second, that's it's an interesting point because I think that they're even less commonly seen in brick films. And really, it's only your films that I can think of that are, are any like prominent homemaker films, like the one with the the dog and uh, Bricks and Love, of course. You know, the, there's very few other notable homemaker films. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I think I have to do more with that if I... But, but you know, it all starts with a good story. <laughs> that's true. And, yeah. And my, my most movies when I when I started, and I, I say like 80% of my movies never had a story when I started doing them. So the big, big movies like Totentanz or The Time Machine Show, they have a story because the story is based on a book or it's based on a poem. But like... The dog movie with the homemaker figures, um, what is called His Coming, um, was was an experiment. I thought, okay, let's animate a dog. Let's try out what kind of tricks a dog can do. And it's like a, a child playing. You, you, you put your house in, you think, okay, what could happen? Um, the guy is coming from the car. Okay, the dog is going to the door. Okay, this happens. You animate, 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 and then what happens now? Okay, Doc is coming out and springing to the guy. So I was creating the story while I was animating with a lot of movies because I I did not start to do that to say, okay, this will be a movie at the end. I said to myself, okay, let's try to animate that stuff. How is this working? And at the end, there was some kind of a movie and um, within the play there was uh, things coming on top like um, this can happen this could happen and it is really like a child is playing and it's only much slower and you do every uh, little step with a picture and save it so <laughs> yeah you know, that's that's actually really interesting i don't think i've ever heard anyone else uh, say that um so basically, you 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 kind of experimenting with animation, and then you you managed to to make a story out of it. Then yeah, sure. I was always in the mood that I said, okay, this animation is a lot of work. If I want to make this dog, then the backdrop, the background has to look good. So I was creating a house or whatever, and at the end there was a movie, like two two minutes or three minutes, whatever. So, but. The most, even even the, the all the, the movies I was starting with, they had no, not really a story. They had maybe a plot. I, I knew I want to go there, but there was not a, a written story. I think the really first movie what had the story was Totentanz, Dance of Death. But also in this case, I was not uh, writing down something because there was the poem, I was recording the poem with the narrator, and um, then I just made the pictures, so... Yeah, well, in a, in a way, your kind of base uh, for what you're going to do came from the actual poem itself, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. In this case, it was the poem, and so it was also um, n not the main thing to write down a story, and I had a lot of pictures in my head, um, when I made this and just try to um, get the camera angle and all that stuff to make these pictures, what I have in my head, into the computer. So, yeah, and, and I think that the, the first time I really was writing down a script or breaking down a long story to a short film and really writing dialogue was with um, 
show bricks and love uh, because there was the, the, you needed the words, but then I think it was like uh, the time machine. Yeah, and and within the last years, you want to be better, 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 and that's the main problem. You can't just do if you made good movies the last uh, years or you are convinced from your own point of view that they are good, then you want to do a better movie the next time. And I think this makes it more hard to make a next movie sometimes, you know, because it always has to be some kind of not a better uh, thing, but the same standard or whatever. And then you go deeper in this and deeper in that and the story has to be perfect and whatever. So it makes it more and more complicated to make movies. Um, sometimes I wish I just could walk down and start my camera and say, okay, let's try animation. And suddenly there's another story. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I think that's one of the things that, uh, like, I think pretty much is the case with everybody, um, is that, you know, as, as, you, as time goes by, you start to have less time to do things because you've got work and all that kind of stuff. But also um, the time you do spend on animation is longer simply because you're you're wanting to you're constantly trying to be better than what you did in the past and you set such a high standard for yourself that it it becomes very hard to even do a second of animation uh, even if it is just someone walking it becomes much harder because you're wanting to be as good as possible yeah it takes you more and more time to do um the next movie then yeah 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 you're... you can see that in the filmographies of all long-term brick filmers and in the same time, you lose a lot of uh, YouTube followers. <laughs> That's also true. So you're making these masterpieces and they're getting much less views. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's like, it's like Macias, you know, I mean, like, you know, some of his films eight years ago would get millions of views. Like, like uh, was it Stranger Than Fishing got more than like, that's got like over a million views. Yeah, a million. But like, um, The Cleaners has got about 10,000. <laughs> And it, it just goes to show just how much, you know, you know, you're putting so much time into uh, making a film better. But the way the YouTube algorithm works, it it ends up that you're less people are going to see it. <laughs> yeah. Because because YouTube um, favors the quantity over quality. Well, uh, just kind of just to talk about Stranger Than Fish and just for a second, like that's actually a really well made film, you know. It's it's a, at a really high standard already by that point. The animation's great, but also the the storyline and the fact that it has no spoken words. It's all heavily geared towards what would become popular. I mean, not 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 intentionally, but it works towards what becomes popular on YouTube more so than the cleaners. I think yeah, I, I like um, Stranger Than Fishing actually um, from a story perspective. The way that you yeah, like the simplicity of the story actually is. It's very similar to something like Michael Hickok's, or something yeah. that's actually very popular now. Sort of like, yeah, proto Hickok's. Yeah, or obviously, you know, it's it's done in a very much more like uh, artistic way in the way that it's, you know, uh, the way it's shot, the way it's executed. But from a story standpoint, it is actually quite similar to something like that. Yeah, I can't talk with you guys at the moment because uh, I think I, sh- I I would need to see it again. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think we. That's just kind of off topic, just for a second. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. We got to steer it back. Yeah, actually. So one of the things I wanted to ask ask you was, because um, uh, you know, 
a lot of your films are inspired by, uh, or in, in actual cases are actually, you know, um, based on like poems and um, like, you know, literature and stuff like that. Would you say that um, those kind of things um, are one of the things that really sort of inspired you the most to get into storytelling in general? Things on the news <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. No, I, I don't know uh, what, what inspires me. Uh, um, it's sometimes suddenly there's, there's an idea. This is, I, and I, I can't tell you where inspiration is coming from. Um, within the last films I made, I tried to, to put in some social commentary because things around us going worse and worse in political and in global pollution ways. And I think things what, what influence me and coming from the, the news all the times and they, they stay in me and then they suddenly need to go out with maybe a little movie like, um, like putting this stuff in, in movies, you know? And, um, but I can say in the same time that love could inspire you for a movie like it was in one or two movies what I made. Uh, so I think it's it's like always some kind of external influence um, what inspires me then to a movie. Well, with uh, Eye Water, it was I was hanging around with Cornelius Koch, my co in this movie. And he was living in my house for a few uh, weeks because he had an internship here. And we said, okay, come on, we do a movie for Steinerei. Uh, it never went for Steinerei because we, we needed one or one and a half year to do this or complete this movie. But we wanted to, to do something about um, the people using technique and... Um, being influenced by, by technique and changing technique. And, and so we were talking about that. And then there was suddenly the, 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 the Apple thing and how people follow move, um, phones. And, and, and so we inspired ourselves while we were talking about the thing. So, yeah, it's hard to say what inspires you. Also at work, sometimes I have an idea, sometimes I don't. And suddenly the idea is here when I'm home and try to sleep. So inspiration is, I think, it's always there, but it, it only comes out sometimes if it really is a special idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you, you try the, the time that, that your idea kind of sparks is kind of that kind of time where you, you're, not, you're least expecting it. Yeah. It suddenly comes it's, to you and you think... It, it's, like, it's like the news are very... Uh, a lot of seeds going inside of you. And uh, either if, if these are good or bad news, the seeds grow to little plants and um, at the end you have a, a big jungle and you have to um, make a beautiful English, British garden again out of it. And then this is the movie what you make. Yeah. Okay, very strange uh, pictures, I, I tell you at the moment. <laughs> but uh, actually, so uh, getting off uh, quite often, uh, quite a bit actually from what we were saying. Um, so I think, uh, so yeah, I think easily one of your um, sort of most inspirational films for the community is probably uh, Totem Tans, I'd say. Um, just like the, the imagery and the, just like, 
how effective it is and uh, I think it, it works um, very well as like a, a horror film um, in in many in many respects, and um, you know I think it I, I imagine it it was one of those films that must have inspired you know a, a lot of people to get into those kind of darker films um, because in the in the uh, like the bookfilms dot com era of that time there were a lot of films um, that were like that and um, you did sort of start, start to see a lot of uh, different genres um, gradually and. Some genres like horror film, a uh, horror genre, which you don't really see uh, very often now in in brick films, and um, yeah, I, I'd like to see uh, genres like that make a comeback in brick films because you know um, I don't really think it is lacking uh, in, in in many ways. And yeah, just wondering, are there any other kind of like genres you would like to see more of in in the sort of in brick films? Me, what kind of genres I would like to see more? Yeah. Um, I think I can answer this with um, the the part we were talking before. I, I like to see special things, you know. Uh, I, I don't think it's like a genre thing. Um, I really like science fiction movies when I watch cinema movies or whatever. Uh, but I'm I'm not now to to tell. I want more science fiction movies on on, on as a brick film. I think as many people as doing brick film at this time now, and you all know if you write down Lego or Lego film or Lego movie to YouTube, you find like trillion of, of different films and maybe 50% of that are just like humor and funny things. But I think every genre um, is done or is made already. Um, I like to do for myself, some genres or genres like Western, like a spaghetti Western or uh, yeah, science fiction. Why not? But yeah, yeah. In, this, in, the, in the same time, my, my plans are more like combining um, clay puppets with Lego uh, because I had some um, animation uh, workshops I was in for building stop motion puppets. So the real big ones with uh, latex and armatures and metal inside. And I made one of these workshops. I, I was not the host, I was in the workshop um, like 14 years ago. And I was at this guy here in Germany a few years ago and made another puppet. And I, I like the combination for myself experimenting with a puppet what when i was building it i wanted it to look a little bit like lego so that it fits into a lego world um so his head is like a one brick stud head and um yeah that that's for me some kind of genre uh, genre uh, genre i want to to mix play with lego but if this is a drama or it's funny later, I can tell you. So basically, every genre has been adequately explored in brick filming. So now it, what's more important is to use inventive techniques. Yeah. yeah. Techni yeah, yeah. Techniques or something you stand out of the mass. But even if you stand out with your technique out of the mass, it does not... Uh, uh, it, it's not like you get a million of clicks then. So, I mean, it's it has to be, for me, it was always 
the inner thing to try out filmmaking because I started uh, with audio when when I was young and experimented with uh, tape recorders and I started my job with audio and film was always the, the top thing what I never could do before I um, found brick filming. But uh, what was the question again? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at first it was asking about genres you'd like to see in brick filming, then it morphed into uh, using different techniques. Oh yes, yeah. the technique, right, right. And um, I lost uh, the sentence now. Uh, can you go back and I, I can listen to it? No. <laughs> getting into, uh, managing to get into film through brick filming uh i really i'm lost at the moment sorry <laughs> let yeah. it in that's funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you mentioned like that you know making these experimental films with new techniques you, you're not going to get a million views oh but yes yes, yes, it's, yes, more, yes. it's more fulfilling more fulfilling to yourself and that's really what's most important at the end of the day that's yeah. what i wanted to say thank you yeah i started just to 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 try out and not to, to get millions of clicks or to get a YouTube star or whatever. And I think, I don't know for, for younger people at the moment how they, they all want to stand out of the mass. And that's what, what we made since thousand years. People want to stand out of the mass and try something, but it's getting harder and harder with, um, with the web. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like in, in a lot of ways that, um, the brick filming kind of community does parallel um, Hollywood in, in a lot of ways in that, uh, you know, everything has pretty much been done in terms of genre and that kind of thing. But there are always different ways of um, kind of exploring different concepts and, you know, within those genres and within those stories. And you can have um, stories that tell, you, tell stories that have been done before, but from a different direction and different kind of perspective. And, um, it's it's all about finding those kind of things, like you know, okay, so this has been done before, but how can I how can it be done in a way that's that's different, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can copy Hollywood, that's no problem. You can do it, but I think a really good brick film is a brick film what plays with with the brick itself, you know. So um, not only the Lego as as a um, complete scene and it looks great. But if the Lego itself, it, if, if the studs, if something with, with its plastic world um, is a part of the story or, or, or makes it funny because it happens, then um, it's great. Then this makes, this makes, for me, a brick film is a really good brick film then. And not only copying the perfect um, setup of, of a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, I've heard other people express the same opinion. Like, if you're making a brick film, you ought to have some reason why you're making it in Lego, specifically. I mean, I could have done uh, Totentanz with clay. I could have done it with everything. There is no reason to do it with Lego. For me, was the reason at this moment because I had Lego and I had a stop-motion program. But sure, if if the film itself plays with the material, then it's, like, perfect and it's fun. Yeah. It's like the Lego movie playing with Lego. Yeah. Yeah, the Lego movie did it really well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, there were some there were some things that um, you know, like uh, films and stuff that don't play around with the whole con- the whole concept that they actually have. I mean, 
there there are some films where it could be like a, an animated film where ev- you know everybody's like a, everybody's an animal or something like that and and sometimes um it it, it can be it, it doesn't matter that they're actually animals and then some films get it right you know so i mean like if you're going to do a film say for example that has like you say like animals um as people or something there needs to be a reason why they are animals and why they are the type of animals they are um and i think it's the same with like like lego um you know it, it's good if you can play around with the idea that they actually are lego that it actually is important yeah and the lego movie did that very well in that they are actually plastic they are toys um you know in in this whole world where you know it's and then there is the real there is the real world within that um and i, I think it's i think if you really explore it in that in the unique way i think it's it definitely makes a, a good film i think yeah but if you think now all, about all these points it makes it even harder to do the next movie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, you you always have to keep in mind that for most people, it's just the easiest way of making films, uh, or the only one that's viable for them. So yeah. yeah, that's the reason why they're using Lego. Let's let's go back to the kids animating the first time. When I did these workshops and I have seen their first movies, I felt so back in my time when I started my first animations, and it was so cool and funny, and I felt. The same I had the same proudness in my heart like they had you know because it was so simple just to do something and maybe sometimes we just need to sit just down and do something instead of thinking about the big story and the big whatever and the big perfect point why is this Lego um, there must be more often I think just the point to say okay just let's do it yeah maybe while I do it there comes the next part why it is Lego. So, yeah. Mm, yeah I, I think I have to go back to my roots. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I I sort of have to remind myself, I kind of reflect on the fact that, like, every brick film, it took a lot of effort and time. And it's, it's in a way, it's kind of amazing that each individual brick film exists. Even if it's not particularly good or anything, it's still... Uh, an undertaking and a lot of effort and commendable yeah yeah i mean i you know i mean i i think in in many ways that um you know a a a brick film no matter you know like its quality or something it it can influence uh something within a community it can spark something and you know the fact that that exists can influence other people to 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 go into it and you know i mean you know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, could criticize some people like Michael Hickox and stuff. But if he leads people to to make their own films, then that is a that is a good thing. That's a, a you know, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, I know a few people. They started brick filming, and they were like fourteen years old, and now they study film. So, um, I I know a few guys from the brick films U.S. scene, and I know a few from the German guys. Or not a few, but I know one of them, and I think it's great if they started and maybe found their passion with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's true for a lot of the people who were on BrickFilms.com. A lot of them are now in film-related areas. Yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, you know, it's some. You know, I think for a lot of people, it can start off as just some some fun to like an, like an extension of your childhood. You know, playing with Lego, and that that bit of fun can turn into a real passion. If you're with the right people, if you, you know, 
if you find the right friendships with people, you know, you start to appreciate film in a different way. And that's definitely, I definitely feel that way. I think I, I, the, my, like, the way I think of film is, is so different because I've been book filming, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. But I never watch movies now and think, oh, this could be have done better. Or I mean, real movies. I, w- I was never so in, in that I know people, they, they do films and if they watch movies, they all, they can't watch movies anymore because they always think what, what, what is wrong or what is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I never was like that. When I watch a movie, then either it catches me and I watch it or I'm tired after 10 minutes and I sleep. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you know too much, you'll spot every tiny error. That's just, that's one of the weird that's like one of the weird things about like if you are, if there's a film that you you really enjoy you, you really loved when you were like a, you know a ch- like a kid you know when you're younger and then you go back to it and you can see its flaws you kind of you don't want to see those flaws because of the memories it gives you and you just try and sort of deny that you try and you know deny that they they actually these these flaws exist you know yeah, yeah. like there's there are lots of films from like when I you know from my childhood I look back to and. I can see why people criticize them, but, you know, for me, I, I want to imagine that they are still perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. And, yes. uh, and it's And it's very hard, like, uh, you know, you can watch a film with someone and, and someone can really like it, you know, and then, but then you watch it and you can see all these flaws because you're trying to avoid these different, like, yeah things, you know? I, if, I, if I try now to watch movies I really liked when I was young, and I know they had this much magic when I was like a kid, like like five or six years old or seven. And then you watch them today. Then sometimes I think this is <laughs> this is not possible anymore to get so deep into it, like <laughs> like a child, you know. Yeah. But but still, these these films they impressed you, and maybe uh, they had their reason to get you on some kind of a way. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to the whole idea that um, anything can really cause inspiration. You know, like uh, even if it's a bad brick film or, or or a bad movie, you know, yeah, um, sure. that could inspire you to go on to do good things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like I'm kind of at the stage where I don't know enough to dislike uh, all films, if you know what I mean. Like what were you talking about? I feel like when I was younger, I wouldn't have ever been able to recognize you know, good cinematography or anything like that. But because of the influence of being in the brick filming community and a community of filmmakers, now I can watch films and enjoy them more because I can think, oh, it's, you know, very nicely laid out shot. Yeah, but but as a child, you don't think about cinematography. You just think it's a cool movie and you you are part of the story. And you you don't think about sound, about cinematography, about the voices or whatever it's just like magic coming into your eyes and yeah nowadays we know a little bit more about filmmaking so yes yeah yeah if if a movie is catchy i i forget about thinking about uh the technical thing um yeah although maybe the only reason why i get more out of that is because i'm making my own films so maybe i enjoy it more because i'm considering what I might take influence from to use myself. Yeah, so it could, it mightn't translate to everyone. 
Yeah, but but let's be honest, we are still big childs. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. There's no denying that. <laughs> big well, children. Yeah. We all play with Lego, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the the scene with adult people playing with Lego is uh, bigger than in the 70s right now, <laughs> or in the oh, 80s absolutely. or 90s. Yeah. And even Lego themselves are are gearing towards that market heavily now. Yeah, I yeah. feel. I think the adults are uh, one of the biggest parts giving them money. Well, when I when I go to Lego store, um, there's like maybe five kids and then there's like 30 adults you know yeah yeah and one of one of them is me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was in in cologne uh no no in hamburg sorry in hamburg there was the last steinerei uh, german brick uh, german speaking brick film festival and it's a long time that i was in a lego store but i was in twice to fill that little box with uh, the smallest parts i was able to get and uh, within the last years, I was only collecting the, the big Lego houses. And um, the main problem for me is um, I like to build. And I, sometimes I really enjoy to just build from an instruction because, you know, this is like puzzling for a few hours and you, your mind is just there and everything else is, is gone. Um, but I, I stopped collecting and buying so much new stuff because I have no more space for it. And I don't, I just don't know where to put that stuff. If you just build it, then it stands there. And with the modular houses, that's what I wanted to say um, when we were talking about the modular houses and filming. I mostly use them now to put them out of focus in the background to make a city look bigger, but not to be in focus and that you see them. But so my collection is still big, but I, I try not to buy every month like a few more sets from Lego because there's just no more space to build them and to put them anywhere. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have the same problem, really. I mean, it's uh, I live in a pretty small house, really. And yeah. I only just about have enough space to actually animate um, on my desk. So I've, I've got like loads of Lego sets actually on my desk as I animate. And um, I've got like... I just don't have any room for it. And even though I, I still buy the Lego, I keep buying the Lego. And I have to... I guess, I mean, I guess the one thing you can possibly do is rotate sets. So you can put some away, build them build them back, like, you know, a couple months later. And just, like, you'll have some sets, you know, for, like, a couple of months kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Because that's what I, I... That's what, to be honest, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. Because I just don't have the space anymore to keep to keep buying the stuff, you know. I have still little space in my uh, boxes where the the basic bricks are, but it's not much. And um, w when I started brick filming, there was a little time, um, especially with uh, Sandra, when we uh, were together and made films, that we were every weekend on the flea markets around and uh, buying Lego and uh, sorting that and washing it and putting it into the boxes and sorting it and... It was crazy, but um, especially if you sort that, it's uh, you you bought uh, a few a few things and you sort it, and suddenly it's gone in a few boxes. And um, first it looks big, and then it looks like nothing, you know, because it's all in different boxes and it's only little parts. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And so, so in this time, we were buying a lot of uh, Lego on flea markets. And um, 
I bought one or once or twice. I bought on eBay a big uh, Lego collection with like 20 or 25 kilos. Um, what came uh, in a big uh, box, and you know, if you buy these big boxes, there's always so much waste in it, like <laughs> from marbles to uh, lollies and yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Every everything. So yeah, I I I got like uh, I I remember last year I went to uh, a shop and found um, a, a tin that was full of a, a Lego from the nineteen eighties, and yeah. I actually managed to build a um, a set out of it um, because pretty much all the parts were there um, of a of a house from the eighties, which was uh, I, I was really happy to have. Um, but in amongst all of that stuff, there were there was like. Um, this kind of like um like rip off lego so not real lego but they yeah. weren't but these were like the early versions of those ones so they weren't even compatible with lego they're kind of like um yeah they don't even have some of them don't even have studs they're, they're really weird and there's loads Crazy. of that kind of stuff that are just like it just scattered in amongst a tin of of, of lego you know yeah yeah and they're kind of just like what do i do with these do i just throw them mm-hmm. away or you know <laughs> yeah but um, so um, before we actually head over to the showcase, is there anything you'd like to ask, Penta? Oh, actually, yeah, there is. Um, I think it must have been on the when you were being uh, on a podcast with the four monkeys. Did you mention that you wanted to make a an English dub of the Time Machine? Yeah, I, I said this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I was just I was just thinking about that again recently, and I mean, I kind of feel like it's something that that could actually get done you know, people on Bricks and Motion would probably be willing to help if you're ever interested in trying to get that made. That would be great. The only thing what 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 thing I think the only problem is that I don't have the original audio um uh project anymore. Oh you don't have the editing file? Uh it's so long ago and I changed computers once or twice and uh updates from software and all that stuff. <laughs> it could be that I still have this uh, project. I, I have to look for it. But anyway, in, in another way, I really would do a second uh, dubbing from everything, even the music. So maybe there's a new version then later. It could work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it it was always... For me, it was always a dream to make my movies either with no words, so it's understandable internationally, but this is the the high class of filmmaking, um, doing movies without dialogue uh, that you can understand. And the second thing then was I want to make always a movie in German and in English or best way only in English. Mm. What worked perfectly with the poems of Goethe with Totentanz and uh, Found, Gefunden, because there was the translated version. And um, with a, a, a little... Uh, a few short movies, uh, all the ones I did not, but with a time machine, it would so it would be so great to have an absolutely native English version of it. And I think in this case, it needs to be British English because the story is uh, a place in London, and um, yeah, would be great if if people could help with voices and uh, yeah. Maybe this is my next project then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, definitely. Let us know if if you ever want to make that. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, I, 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 I have this, um, this um, dubbing with um, English um, text, 
but I think someone has to check this again and to make it more fluid or even this is, I think that the story was in 1850 or 60 or whatever. So this also is, is like an old, um, old English, you know, old British English. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. There's certain things they wouldn't say and certain things they would say. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is listening to this podcast and want to translate it in a Shakespeare cool English, then uh, write an email. <laughs> yeah. And actually, was Eyewater always in English or did you ever make a German version? No, we, we scripted it in German, um, but we said we only want to do an English version. And so there's only the English version with the all these uh, nice people helping with their voices uh, from brickfilms.com. But we we, we scripted in in German and then I tried to translate it in English and then it's my basic English and then I have to give it, I I think it was like uh, the Four Monkeys and another guy, Robin, uh, who is German, but he, uh, I think he lived in in the States a few years or, um, yeah, and and so in this case, we, we, at the end, we had only really an English uh, script for, for the people doing their voices. And there was never a German version. And I never thought about doing a German version with it. Yeah, that's something I've always wondered about that film. So it's good to know. Do you want to do a German version? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think it's I perfect. Think it's, 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 it's perfect in English like it is because... I mean, this this movie needs dialogue, um, and I think it's so easy that even people um, they don't speak perfect English can un- understand and follow uh, what happens. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, shall we head over to the uh, the book film showcase? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, right. So, um, my pick is uh, Culmination which is a 2009 film by uh, Nathan uh, Mancini. Um, so, uh, yeah, so a, a shout-out to uh, Sebastian Brickfan for, um, on Discord for mentioning uh, this on, um, on the chat because I had never actually heard of this one before um, it was mentioned. Um, like, you know, cause I've, I've, mo- I've watched like, most of the films that are on the wiki and stuff, but this one managed to sort of fl- flow by me. So I'm really glad that I, I managed to... Uh, you know, discover it. Um, so, so yeah, it's um, it's about uh, a successful businessman who is inspired to take a chance on on helping the homeless people that reside in this uh, town square. And um, yeah, so and and through the uh, through a montage, you get to see this sort of gradual progression um, of like buildings being constructed and jobs being made. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, one of the one of the most sort of like heartwarming uh, book films I think I've ever seen. Really, it's uh, it's got a really nice uh, sort of like message and sort of story to it. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's one of those sort of films that's you know uh, under a lot of people's radar. And I think it's it's uh, you know it deserves more recognition. I think. So, yeah, yeah, I've I've seen Culmination the first time um, when you were sending the link to me before we did the chat for the podcast. And uh, yeah, I really like it because it's so simple and it's one of these movies what works without um, words. Yeah, okay, yeah. there's these little words written down on the signs, but that's okay to 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 help the story. But it's it's yeah, it's 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 so simple made. It's it's really 
slow. It it the music fits perfectly, absolutely, and um, even I think there were no strings made of Lego uh, this time. I don't know if we nowadays have strings, but we have guitars nowadays with a minifix uh, to collect and all that stuff. But the simplicity to just make uh, two strings on two minifigs by just two small, um, what is it, uh, plates? Plates. Yeah. yeah, with one, two, three, and uh, one, two, two studs. And it looks not like a string, but as soon as the music starts and they move their strings, it, it is perfect. And it's Lego. And it's it's you don't need to build something out of clay or femur, you just can use it. And, and in this context, it's it's just perfect. And I was really impressed. Um, I, I, I didn't notice that it was from 2009. It had to look from really these old brick films that I've seen the first time when when I started um, um, to, to, um, to experiment myself with brick films in 2003, because it has this, this reduced look, you know? And um, also at the end, he's building a big, big, big apartment house for all the homeless people. And the light goes on inside. And it's not like there's a little lamp inside the house. No, he changes the windows from black, uh, black bricks to yellow bricks. And that's such a perfect simulation of light. And mm. I think... Yeah, th th these are special Lego, Legoistic uh, animated parts what make films, in my eyes, in this moment, outstanding. I think definitely there are, you know, there are, there's, um, you know, a lot of brick filmers that like to have, you know, very detailed sets and that kind of stuff. But there's some, there's a real charm um, to to films like Combination that have sort of simplistic but really kind of charming look to them. Um, and I think the, just the, the creativity of just how simplistic it is, but how effective it is, is is really quite interesting. Um, I definitely, I, I definitely like that look of yeah, the black the black bricks going to yellow bricks. Um, it's something that I've actually got sort of experimented with myself because you know there are those sort of things you can get now, like um, brick stuff lights, which a lot of people talk about, where you the tiny micro thin like wires that yeah. um, you can put into sets and stuff. But, um, you know, if you can't afford that kind of thing, just having like yellow bricks to simulate um, light, like a light being on at night, um, that adds, you know, quite a lot to it. And it adds even a little bit of charm, I think. Yeah, it goes yeah. just back to the basics, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was there's a lot of charm lost now that Lego have a prop for basically everything, like the guitars and the microphones and you know, mobile phones and everything now has an actual official Lego piece that people use. And I mean, obviously it looks good in films nowadays, but I really like the creativity when people had to come up with their own inventions to represent like a violin in this film with the, the two plates. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, when I've made, uh, you know, DJ Bricks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was also just an experiment for doing a little, um, um, music clip on a track a friend of mine made and I remember when I was posting this on brickfilms.com 
someone wrote about the speakers when the bass is coming out and makes boom, 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 um, that just the bricks were used to go out a little bit of the speaker and go back. And I made this just because I thought I do it like this. And this guy in the re review wrote something what impressed me that all the people should just more think about how they can use bricks to simulate and to make animation with bricks instead of building a perfect uh, speaker. Um, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, these, these things make, make, make movies charming and, and especially a brick film where it makes sense to make bricks, um, to animate bricks to, to make them look like something is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, in 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 the movie um, uh, we were talking about, uh, I really liked the the water fountain and the mood of the night he he made with um, with just blue light and this blue water fountain in the middle of this uh, town place, uh, blubbering water. It really looked so simple but great. I think. Yeah, it, that's a great he, standout visual I, element. I, I think he put some water on top. Doesn't it look like that? I don't know. That might actually be the piece because uh, that that particular piece has like um, rough bits that kind of that kind of simulate the look of water. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just like moved around a bit. It yeah. lo it looks so liquid. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It does look well. Yeah, but I think it is just the texture of the piece itself as it's being turned, yeah, frame maybe, by frame, yeah. and the light coming up through it. Yeah, because another film that did that was um, I don't know if you've, you've ever seen this one, but um, there's a film called um, Grace, um, and in that film they also do the same thing. They use the same piece for a water fountain. Um, but yeah, that that look is actually I I really love like watching that. Like, yeah. like if, if I see that in a film, I love to watch um, it moving around. And and I think sometimes um, knowing how something is animated um, actually does make me smile. I like to sort of think, well, they did that, and I don't know. I just knowing how they did it, it 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 does put a smile to my face. I think. If someone needs the piece number of the piece, please send it per email. I want the piece. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know what that piece is. I don't know I'm, what set it came in. I'm not sure if it's a um, transparent rock piece in blue. Well, yeah, it, it's, it is. Yeah. I think I think it could be a part of the Mtron um, science fiction parts from the nineties, but I'm not sure. Or maybe Ice Planet. Yeah, or maybe one of those um, power miners things. You know, where they got like rocks and stuff. It could be. I everything. doubt it because that was brand new at the time. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, and also the other earlier films did that too. But yeah, uh, on that sort, a similar note, that's one of the great things about the Lego movie, of course, is that it takes uh, ideas like that to the extreme where everything is made of brick. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. For me, when I started movies, I, I was not looking on everything that it looked like bricks because I had not that many bricks. So I used a lot of different things like paper mash and uh, these little trees or not trees, bushes for um, um, model uh, railways. Um, but nowadays I would also try to make everything um, out of Lego to, to, to give it the real look. But in the first time I was not thinking about that for myself. <clears throat> so I used everything like sand and whatever was laying around. Yeah. 
I look back at my old films now and I see some green screen effects and and I just think, why didn't I just do it for real? Why didn't I just get a few bricks and actually film it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, Penta, what was your pick? Uh, I decided to pick Zero Gravity Rebellion because when we were talking with Zach Macias, we were talking about the letter extensively. And I feel like the letter has always lived on as a, a well-known classic. And it, it became popular on YouTube in about 2007 when somebody else re-uploaded it. So it's been well known for a long time. And Zero Gravity Rebellion is the other film by the same guy. And it was also very influential in its time. And it has similar enough set design to the letter and scenarios and all that sort of thing. But it's a great film that's worth a watch. And it's it's shorter as well. So it's a, an easy, quick watch. And I think that it's actually still impressive. It's It was clearly very influential on the use of masking in Rick films. And I think that it's actually impressive the the small movements that he managed to get out of the hoverboard when it's yeah. just idling. What year is that movie from? 2003. 2003. Wow. Yeah. For, for this year, it's, it's really one of these outstanding movies. I, I think it could be that I've seen it, but I forgot it. And I've seen it a few hours ago again. And yeah, I think if this is really a movie from 2003, the animation is really smooth in the beginning, although it looks like it's it's overlaying a little bit. I don't know what, what kind of effect it is, um, but it really has this swinging animation and, 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 and it looks very soft and smooth and even the flying and the, the, the chroma keying is, is, is quite perfect for this time. So the guy who has done this movie, I think it was not his first movie he did. It definitely is one of the most technically sound brick films of 2003. It's, yeah, much smoother and nicer looking in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think he, as a, um, a brick filmer, um, was one of the really kind of breaking, one of the breaking points of that kind of era. He really um, sort of ups the game of, you know the quality of, of of book films, and you know the the, the visual look, the, uh, the 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 special effects, and all that kind of stuff. It really and set um, design. Yeah, yeah. I think it really it's it sparked the the dawn of a new age. I think for for book filmers, a game changer. Yeah, a game changer for sure. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. And yeah, you can definitely see that. Yeah, he was very important because he's you know we're still talking about him after all these years, and he only made. But he only really made two films. Okay. So that just goes to show if you can make two films and they both come out in the same year and people still remember you this many years later, clearly the influence was huge. Yeah. I mean, in the end, I think um, like the the letter is one of the films we've talked about re most regularly on the podcast, actually. So, yeah, just goes to show how much influence um, comes into play, really, with, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, it's really it's 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 perfect made and it's it's short. It's funny. Um, I I also like these uh, stopped um, scenes when he's falling down and he just hangs in the air, and the picture stops for a, a few seconds. What happens quite a few times before too. No, really cool film. So I think I've seen this in this time um, and. Sure, it it made something in my head to 
to try to copy something out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But this 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 happened with I think this happened with nearly every movie I was watching in the first uh in the first times I was watching brick films. I imagine you probably would have seen this one at the time. Yes, I guess so, yeah. Because it was a, a big one. Yeah. And it, it won a contest on brickfilms.com at the time. No, oh, great great movie, absolutely. So, yeah, um, and I just think it deserves more attention uh, because, yeah, people still know the letter, but this one is lesser known by now. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, Stefan, um, what, what was your uh, pick? Uh, I picked um, Animation Class Lesson 1, made by Stefan van Zwam from the Netherlands. What is um, a little uh, movie about making stop-motion movies with Lego. And it explains in a really funny and crazy way in a classroom where uh, minifigs are sitting as childs and a bigger fig, what is a um, Lego Technic figure, is the teacher. And um, it explains you what you need, like a computer, a microphone, a webcam, um, Lego, and it shows you what a stop motion movie is and how it is made. And it was not a movie what impressed me a lot when I've seen it, but it was a movie what I really liked because it was so, it was different to, to these little normal minifig films I've seen in this time. And um, although I knew how a brick film or um, a stop motion animated movie is done, um, I thought this is the perfect movie to show every kid who who is not into stop motion and um, needs an understanding of it. And um, that's why I picked this movie, because I think um, a lot of people have never seen this clip um, when they just started within the last years. And I don't also think that Stefan um, still makes uh, brick films. He made a few more. Um, but within the last um, 10 years or longer, I haven't seen any more brick films made by Stefan van Zwam. But he was also a very active community member on brickfilms.com um, in the time of 2003 to 2006, seven. <clears throat> and I met him once um, at Steinerei and he also had an entry, but I can't remember what it was. Um, so he came Taste from... Matters. Yeah, he came from the Netherlands to Germany and he was some kind of, he, he got some kind of a wild card to enter the contest because regularly it's um, a German speaking, but I think he was able to speak uh, one or two German words, so it was okay. But yeah, I picked this film and it's, it's not like a real film with a big, big story, but it's, um, I like this weirdness of um, the set and and the simplicity and even the message what it gives to you that everyone can do a movie. Yeah, I I got to, I got to you know honest, I think the animation of the Technic figure is some of the best I've seen actually. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's it looks really good and um, I think as well the the way that it does that three sixty uh, rotate rotation of the camera. Oh um, yes, in the classroom. Yeah. 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 That's a... Changing, changing the cupboard, um, every uh, backdrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's a, an a, a impressive film 
in its own right, I think, as well as being one that's um, educational and, and funny and tells you a little bit about, you know, stop motion. I think it's, uh, yeah, a very unique film, and I, I do very much like it, yeah. And yeah. I think it's it's definitely something that you could show, um, you know, kids that are starting out to, or, you know, have a have a little bit of interest in stop motion, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, ti- it's, it's timeless. Yeah, it's funny, and, and yeah, and honestly, a lot all of the advice that, you know, is, is put in the film can apply today even though it's you know from 2003 yeah. or you know two or, yeah the funny thing about uh, this little movie is that this is lesson one and stefan always wanted to do more of it uh, but uh, it never happened and i think there's another animation class lesson five or six or four what um is made by another brick filmer i don't know the name I even don't remember at the moment what what was the theme of it, but uh, Stefan um, was asked by this guy if he can make the another another part from the sequel, and I really asked Stefan um, this time if I can do another uh, animation class lesson uh, sound design, and I really wanted to do do this since years, and I have pictures in my head and. Um, it's like a little animation class on, uh, in a studio, um, getting the understanding of uh, how sound can change your movie from, from a funny thing to, to a really um, disturbing uh, horror thing. And uh, I never did this, but um, I think I need to do this uh, before I die. <laughs> it, would be, it would be amazing if you released it now after so long. Yeah, and, and it looks so much better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I think I have to do this, but um, I, I know that I, I really I really know the first minute of the movie because it's playing in my head, but I never started to do it because this was then when I wanted to do this in like 2004, 5, 6, I don't know anymore what year it was. Um, my block, my blocking in my head for myself was that it needs to be in English, and my English is not my mother language. So um, it's hard to write something down when you think this end product has to be in perfect English. But nowadays, I would say, okay, I write it down in German. Let's translate it, and then it's done, you know. But this time, I was always like being in my perfect mood to do it first in English. So I have to write it down in English and then I was blocked and there was nothing. It's kind of funny because uh, you're not the only one. There were loads of people who said that they'd make a, an episode of animation class who never did. Really? So yeah. people get your beep up and do it. <laughs> there must have been about 10 of them. It was a lot of people. Yeah. I have a, I have a list on the wiki. Maybe maybe there must be a contest to get these movies uh, filmed. <laughs> it actually would be an interesting concept for a contest, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the second part was by Bluntman. Yeah, sure, it was Bluntman. Right, right, right. And what what was he what was he doing? Uh, frames per second. Ah, okay. F- frames per second. Okay. So there's only animation class one and two then out. Yeah. Ah, okay. So. I think then six was um, sound design. Yeah, so we still miss we still miss three, four, seven, eight, nine, and ten. But I like in this film that the the minifigures are used to represent children. Yeah, versus the big figure. Yeah, the size the size is perfect. That's the concept I wanted to put in the sound design lesson with uh, the same 
there's a teacher as a big um, uh, technic figure and the children are the kids minifigures yes yeah that is actually really funny yeah i like, I like that uh concept yeah it does work so... well and also uh the fact that when he shows the video it's a clay animation because if they're lego you know he's not animating lego because he is yeah. lego yeah so he's teaching too. an animation class so he has to use clay it's a, a, that's a you know funny concept yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. He mixed everything like weird together, and uh, it 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 works. Yeah, and it's it's one of those films that's aware of the fact that it's it's made with Lego. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, um, uh, Stefan, I, there's a film that I know uh, that I think you'd probably like. I think I don't know if it was, um, I think it was either 2016 or 2017. I don't know if it was a uh, Fackle Brawl, but there was a, a film where um, these Lego figures were making a film. About a live action person. Do you remember that, Penta? Yeah, action by MB Studio. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was just really funny and sort of creative. And um, yeah, so but it, that kind of stuff is is kind of interesting. How you know showing, um, you know, like someone making a stop motion film within a stop motion film, and show and having having a different you know form of film within that. It's uh, so yeah. In, in this yeah. in this film that he's talking about, the Lego minifigures were moving the human frame by frame. Oh, okay. You have to send me the link. I, I don't know this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I'll, I'll have to send you that because I think you would really like that one. Yeah. And put it put it down um, on YouTube below the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. In the description, yeah. But uh, yeah. So before we uh, wrap this up, is there anything um, anything you'd like to say? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Oh. Wait, now my, my earplug is uh, out of uh, energy. Now I have the phone in my hand. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's um, been really great talking to you. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really great to, to get a chance to talk to you. It's, um, yeah. Um, yeah, thank, thank you very much for inviting me and sorry for my basic English. Um, the next time we do it in German, maybe. <laughs> yeah. no, the English is fine, really. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah thank you so much for um, joining us. Uh, it's, been, it's been really great talking to you. And um, yeah, goodbye, guys. Yeah, thank you and um, see you within the next Brick Films. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, thank you.